You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, episode number 18. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. If you listened to my last episode, you know I've been off my game for the past few weeks. A little bit of old trauma resurfacing, a little bit of burnout, and a whole lot of stress all piling up at the same time. I haven't been shy about sharing what I've been going through. I don't want to be the person that hides behind a happy, well-adjusted facade all the time. And actually, most of the time I am happy and well-adjusted, but I think it's also human to go through these rough patches. And my intention about talking about this is to normalize it a little bit, to show that this is indeed human and to change the narrative around this. It's not weak to have hard times. It's not a character flaw, and it doesn't make me or you any less remarkable of a woman. Anyway, because I've been open about this, I've been receiving lots of well-intentioned advice from friends, family, and colleagues. Most of this advice is some variation of take care of yourself, Michelle, which is great advice, but what exactly does it really mean to take care of yourself? So I've been doing a lot of reflecting on self-care these days. In fact, that very term makes me cringe a little. Because I think the concept gets thrown around out there all the time as something we're supposed to do for ourselves, but we never really talk about what self-care really means. So that's what I want to dig into today on the podcast, what self-care is, or at least what I think it should be if it's meant to actually contribute to our mental and physical health. And I want to start by telling you all about this ridiculously expensive bath bomb I indulged in a few nights ago. This thing is $30. 30 bucks for a bath bomb. I'm not going to lie. I've got a couple of them, but I've been reluctant to use them because they're so freaking expensive and I think I need to save them for a special occasion. Um, I do the same thing with good bottles of wine, by the way. But this bath bomb, it's huge. It took more than half an hour to completely dissolve. And as it did, it released milk with chocolate essence. It smelled so good. It really was divine, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. I put all this pressure on myself to enjoy this indulgent treat, and then I also felt a bunch of guilt. I had thoughts like, if I'm giving away shifts in the ER, I should be suffering in bed or something, not enjoying a luxurious bath bomb. And when I was thinking about that whole bath experience later, I realized that self-care is definitely not about bath bombs. It's not about face masks or pedicures or green smoothies or whatever else comes up when you think about hashtag self-care. Sure, those things are great. I love them. But my bath wasn't self-care. It's like I was caring for myself in a way. Like, yes, I was indulging in the fancy bath bomb, but... I was steeped in self-criticism and guilt, and there's nothing caring about that. So I think self-care actually has to start inside ourselves. We have to give ourselves permission to receive care, whether that care comes from ourselves or from someone else. 
I think this is a crucial first step that we forget about. I think about all the stories I've told myself in the past about self-care, that I don't have time for it, that other people need me too much, um, that it's selfish of me to even want it. And maybe those stories sound familiar for you too. If so, then I want to encourage you to let those stories go. It's certainly something I'm working on. You know, a few weeks ago, I probably would have told you that I was the master of self-care. I manage my time well, and part of that has been scheduling self-care time. I know, for example, that after a string of night shifts, I'm useless for a few days, so I don't schedule anything important post-nights. And I also have a rule about turning off my cell phone in the evenings, too, like things like that. In medicine, we talk about work-life balance as being a form of self-care, and I really thought I excelled at that. But when I think about it now in retrospect, I can see that I was approaching those things as just another part of my schedule or tasks on my to-do list. And I may turn off my phone and schedule quiet evenings, but my monkey mind was still going a million miles an hour during my scheduled self-care time. So it wasn't restful or rejuvenating or self-caring, not in the ways that really matter anyway. And I'm pretty sure that if I was paying attention to my thoughts at the time, I was probably allowing myself that so-called self-care time only because I knew I was still thinking about work. Had I allowed myself to really shut down for some quality self-care time, I probably would have felt just as guilty as I did with that bath bomb the other night. And so I think that's the first essential piece of self-care, giving yourself permission to actually have it, putting yourself in the mindset that you deserve to take care of yourself and knowing, and I mean like really knowing on a deep level, that if you want to take care of the people who need you, you have to take care of yourself first. I think we pay lip service to that concept without actually believing it. I think we need to believe it. And that's the first step. Okay. And then I think the second essential piece of self-care is figuring out what it is that you actually need. And this sounds like it should be a simple thing, but I've actually been struggling with it. I saw my therapist the other day and she asked me, what does your heart need today? And I couldn't answer her. Like, I don't know what the heck my heart needs right now. My instinct was to say that I need things to slow down just a little bit so I can hear what my heart is trying to tell me. And so while I'm working on giving my heart some space to speak, I thought I could at least tune in to what my body wants. That I'm good at. <laughs> I can always feel what my body needs. And here's what I know about myself. When I'm super stressed, I start doing stupid stuff. And my first clue that stress is piling up too much is that I stop washing my face and brushing my teeth in the morning. Yeah, I know it's gross. I know. <laughs> but it's the truth. And on days when this happens, what's usually going on is that I hop out of bed and I immediately start stressing out about all the things I have to get done that day. And then all of a sudden, taking a few minutes to moisturize just feels like a colossal waste of my precious time. And someone once told me that the bookends of your day are the most important because it's when you tend to have the most control and then it sets the tone for your day. So your morning routines and your evening routines are stabilizing in a way. And everything that happens between the bookends is subject to so much external interference that sometimes it feels like you're just going along with the current of life. And I've sort of noticed that to be true in my own life. 
So when I don't brush my teeth and do my face in the morning, the rest of the day just feels insane. And then what tends to happen next is I veg out in front of the TV at night. I I don't tend to eat emotionally when I'm stressed. That's not a thing for me, but I do like to numb out with a bit of Netflix or Prime. It's usually actually Prime for me. In fact, it's usually Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's so much so that like my husband knows that if I've turned Buffy on, something's up with me. And it's even to the point that, you know, when I'm having a bad day, he'll ask if I need to spend some time with Buffy. Anyway, when I get sucked into Buffy, I tend to stay up late and then I don't sleep well or for long enough. And then the morning feels even worse. And so I don't brush my teeth and then everything kind of spirals down after that. And both of the bookends to my day get shot and the middle of my day just doesn't stand a chance. And then that, of course, just makes me feel even worse about everything. And then I spiral down even more. It's a vicious cycle for me. And I have watched this pattern repeat itself in my life so many times. I can always predict exactly what's going to happen after the first morning I skip brushing my teeth. And it took me years to figure out how to stop this cycle. And the key for me is sleep. So sleep is definitely my number one self-care habit. And when I'm getting enough good quality sleep, I'm totally on. But when I don't, my day suffers. And then when I start getting into a Buffy marathon at night, I sleep even less and then things just get worse. But now I know that when I don't brush my teeth in the morning, the most important thing for me to do is to not turn on Buffy at night, but prioritize doing something else to relax my brain in the evening and then go to bed early. So now I have a ritual of having a bath or doing a meditation and then going to bed. So this for me is what self-care truly is. It's knowing what I need to do to take care of myself during the tough times and then giving myself permission to do it. Now, it's not always easy, right? The appeal of Buffy is that I get to check out and get lost in like all that drama of evil willow (laughs) and ignore my own problems. But of course, that doesn't solve anything because, you know, when I turn Buffy off, the problems are always still there. So the first key to good self-care is giving yourself permission to receive it. And then the second key is to give yourself what you really need and not just whatever's trendy um, in the current, you know, hashtag self-care movement. And then I think the third piece to good self-care is actually committing to it when you really need it. As I've been learning these past few weeks, this is not so easy. What's easy is pouring a glass of wine and turning on Buffy. It actually takes an effort for me to choose to meditate and go to bed instead. So in weight loss, we put an effort into learning new habits when life is good so that they're easier to follow when life gets hard. And I think we need to approach self-care in a similar way. So for me, because I know that sleep is so stabilizing for me, it's something I prioritize every day. I have a ritual around going to bed, and then this makes it you know, just that much easier to initiate my bedtime protocol when I feel the urge to spend time with Buffy. And this actually kind of reminds me of something I read recently about dominoes. I read that a domino is able to knock over another domino that is 1.5 times larger than it. So imagine a row of 13 dominoes with each one 1.5 times larger than the one before it. 
If we make the first one super tiny, like five millimeters high, then the 13th one will actually be three feet tall. And if you continued on to 29 dominoes, the last one would be as high as the Empire State Building. So this means that by pushing over a domino so tiny, you could practically just blow on it to push it over. You can actually topple over the Empire State Building. The power just gets amplified with each domino that falls. I think this is a great metaphor for self-care. If you do just one tiny, small thing to take care of yourself, that action will amplify to have a positive effect way out of proportion to the effort you put into it. So for me, pushing over the domino might simply be to not even turn the TV on in the evenings. And related to this, you know, I love Mel Robbins' concept of the five-second rule when it comes to this. She says that when you first notice your instincts, like when you first hear that tiny voice inside you telling you what you need to do next, that you must physically move and take action on it within five seconds or your brain will just simply stop you. And I think this is actually true because I've watched myself when I get the urge to watch Buffy. I'll hear that voice of wisdom say, you know, you really should go to bed instead. But I have to take steps to initiate my bedtime protocol right away. Otherwise, I'll shortly find myself on the sofa with the remote control in hand. All right, so there you have it. The three keys to self-care as I see it anyway, which is give yourself permission to receive it and then give yourself what you truly need and then commit to giving yourself care when you need it by taking action. All right, I think it's so important that we all have a plan for self-care. So if you're struggling with that, I've got help. I've got your back. If you want help with self-care and if you also want to help um, some help around getting a healthy mindset around self-care, I've got a worksheet for you to help you. So if you want it, head on over to www.waysofhealth.com forward slash self-care to download it. The link will be in the show notes for you as well. And I'd also really love to hear what you do for self-care. So reach out to me by email or find me on social media. Again, you can see how to reach me down in the show notes. Thank you for listening this week, and I will see you next week.